If you have a child with type 1 diabetes, whether they were diagnosed five days ago or five years ago, you continue to have questions. These are the questions about the emotional side of living with diabetes, the questions about how to parent diabetes. I'm Joanne Robb, a psychotherapist and fellow T1D mom, and I've been parenting diabetes for almost 15 years. In this podcast, I'm here to answer your questions about the emotional and relational challenges that come with being a caregiver for a child with type 1 diabetes. Before we dive in, I have to remind you that I'm not a doctor and nothing that I offer here should be considered medical advice. If you want to make any changes to the way you or your child is managing their type 1, please be sure to check in with your doctor or medical team. Let's get started. Hi, today I have Stacy Sims of Diabetes Connections. I'm so thrilled to have you here, Stacy. It's a delight to have you on the show. Thank you so much for asking. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great. And Stacy had come up to me. I helped her at one of her mom's night out events. And she had said, I need to talk to you about some issues with my son because she has a son. I'm going to let her introduce him though. Go ahead, Stacy. All right, great. Thank you. So my son, Benny was diagnosed with type one right before he turned two. And that was more than 17 years ago. He is now 19. He is a college freshman. And I got to tell you, Joanne, I think he's doing really well. This conversation is about me. Uh (laughs) At least I hope it will be. You'll, you'll guide me. I hope. Yeah. But we, he and I have always been very open and I've been open, you know, as you mentioned, I have a podcast, I've written a couple of books. So a lot of people know a lot of our story Mm -hmm. and I feel like he leads at this point and I do kind of what we've both agreed on. We talk it out, we see what works. And we always had agreed that when he went to college, we would no longer use Dexcom share and follow or any remote monitoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's been, that's been fine. Um, he has had a safe entry into college. Um, as far as I know, mm-hmm. <laughs> no emergencies. Mm-hmm. He meets with the endocrinologist um, on his own now. I did go to a, the last appointment, but he has private conversations, but he did share with me the only feedback his doctor said was make sure your fraternity buddies all know you have type one yep. and all know how to use emergency glucagon. And he had done the first, they all knew he had not instructed them in emergency glucagon, just his roommate. So, you know, that's just to give you a very quick summary of where we are. And I have three, I think, topics that I want to throw at you and I'll list them real quick and then we can kind of go through. The first one is just being okay that he's not here. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he's been gone a lot. His childhood, he went to camp. Um, you know, he was away from home, but really leaning into this is, this is a young adult now who, who can manage and, and me trying to not, I don't know that I'll ever stop worrying, but just being okay with thinking, all right, he's not perfect. You know, we've, we've talked about numbers and things like that. When he's back home, we don't talk about them when he's away at college mm-hmm. and um, you know, just being okay with the fact that his, his control or whatever you want to call it, you know, his, his numbers, he's a little bit more out of range and his A1C has gone up, but nothing that the doctor was mad at, not mad about. That's a terrible way to put it. Nothing that the doctor wanted to, uh, really scare him about. Mm-hmm. Um, the funniest part was, and this happened after I saw you, he came home for winter break, which was amazing and wonderful. I had to stop myself, you know, all of senior year of high school, I wasn't in his face. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't. We had backed off. We had, we had said senior year of high school is going to be our test run for independence. And instead he's home for winter break. I'm like, are you going to bowl us for that? You know, or he would come downstairs at 5 a.m. or I would hear him, you know, and he was out of insulin in his pump and he was refilling. And I was like, 
how could you, what did you, you know, it, it was just one of these situations where I had to say to him, look, it's, you've been gone and now you're home and this is hard for me. So that was, I'm, and of course, looking ahead to summer, I'm going to try not to, he's in my house again, but I can't talk to him about it in the same way. Yeah. And then the last thing, which I don't think I will, I mean, you got your work cut out for you. I don't know that we'll ever get past this, <laughs> but I, you know, I have an older daughter. She's, she's 22, Benny's 19. So the, my two kids, I always say my kids are cooked. I will always be their parent. They come to me with issues. We talk about problems, but they are who they are. And my parenting is pretty much done in terms of like forming them. Mm -hmm. And I really, I still worry half the time, you know, did I do a good enough job with Benny teaching him about diabetes? Mm -hmm. He's very independent. He's very confident. He's responsible, but I feel like I, and this is so bad, but I, I see social media and I talk to so many parents and they seem to like, well, my kids A1C is, you know, the super duper low and time and range is super duper high. And I'm like, well, my kid is kind of like, sometimes I think, do you know you have diabetes? Like, do you remember? And so that's, that's all, all to say. And again, with the caveat or with the disclaimer, I suppose that I think if our endocrinologist was listening, he would be telling you he's fine. This is Stacy's problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I agree with him, but I also <laughs> want to have some compassion for you because I think that, I mean, you have an older daughter, so you have some sense of what that transition out of the house yeah. can be like and how hard it is for them to go back and forth. Right. And what, I, what I've said, my middle child, actually my non T1D has had a harder time with that. And what I'll say to her is, you had this shape when you left for college, right? And now you've put out an arm and you don't fit back in the container that you left behind. And that's a painful experience, right? Yeah. And so our job as parents is to be able to manage our own anxiety about the transition as they fumble around um, reaching into adulthood. And that's really hard to do. Now pile type one on top of it, right? Because with your daughter you kind of have the rhythm of that. You understand that a little bit. You have a little bit of that in your bones. She's left, she's come back, right? You know what that's like, but now the stakes feel higher, right? Because diabetes feels um, more urgent and you work in this area. So there's also, I've been thinking about writing about this. There's that um, thing we do where we compare ourselves. It's sort of like when they were babies and we're like, is your baby rolling over? Is he sitting up? Is he crawling yet? Right. We somehow feel like we're inadequate if we aren't on track. Um, and I, I feel like that's in the mix too. Am I, am I getting this right? Stacey? Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because I feel like I've done a good job over the years of, you know, cause it's been a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Diabetes has been in my, you know, we've been yeah. dealing with this for more than 17 years. And I feel like I've done a pretty good job of not comparing, like yep. you said, you know, is he walking? Is he talking? But what's his reading level? Mm -hmm. You know, and I was able to kind of keep that at bay in a way because I just kind of always felt like, well, it'll, it'll click in like, so, you know, and, and the combination of automated insulin delivery systems, mm -hmm. maturity in my son, you know, like most people, we had a rough middle school experience, but he really as, I mean, in high school was amazing to me. I, mm -hmm. I never expected, and I don't share publicly, you know this, but I don't publicly share any numbers because they're not mine to mm -hmm. share. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he, he was, it was just a wonderful time. 
And we felt really excited. Like, okay, you know, we, we got this kind of, I didn't expect, I knew college would be hard. All the adults I talked to said their highest A1Cs were in college. They were, they experienced freedom and they, even if they were responsible, they weren't super responsible. So I, I kind of in my head thought like, all right, I've got this. I know what to expect. And then when it happened, all I could think of was, did I, did I prepare him? Does he know? Mm. Which, you know, I, I understand isn't logical, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't prepared for this age. Mm-hmm. to be m- more difficult. I thought like, I'll worry a little bit that he's out partying at college. I didn't expect that I would feel like a bad parent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, I think it's especially hard Stacy because he was pretty, sounds like he was pretty shiny in high school, shiny in yeah. terms of like his diabetes management. And yeah. I think I, my son is older. He's 24. Um, and he actually did great, similar pattern. And now he doesn't share with me. I don't actually know, but I hear him talk about it. And I can hear that even though he's managing, it's really hard and he's feeling overwhelmed by it. Right. So it's not what I had imagined would be the case. So I think it's a little hard when our, when they've set an expectation that they can, and we feel so proud and we kind of honestly, I don't know if you feel like this, but I definitely felt like this. Like I felt like, oh, I've got this. Like, look how well we're, oh, I'm so good. I taught him so well. And the truth is it's not about us, right? It's not. I like, I will say having an N of two, my daughter in high school, not doing so well, right? It really is about the kid and their journey. Like mm. I'm parenting it as best I can. And honestly, Stacy, it sounds like you're parenting it beautifully in the sense of like, you're having the conversations with him. It sounds like where you're getting tripped up is when you're watching him not do the things and it's hard for you because he used to do the things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because um, I've talked to some, I, I, I call them like veteran moms, mm-hmm. right. Who've been doing this a long time, whose children were you're maybe your son's age or older who went to college with no continuous glucose monitoring, no automated systems, you know, and they laugh at me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I'm like, well, you know, he's doing this and they're like, well, he's doing the minimum, which is enough with these systems to keep him safe. Mm -hmm. So I have to be really grateful. I think that, you know, he, he changes his insulin out. He changes his infusion set. He tells his friends that he has type Mm -hmm. one. But, you know, I, I kind of thought this is this is like the foolish dream of parenting. You kind of think that at some point I won't worry as much. Mm. Right. And I that hasn't stopped with my daughter. My daughter, as you and I are speaking, just drove. She lives five hours away from us now mm-hmm. and has a job and lives independently. And she left this morning and she just texted me a little while ago. I'm here. And I was like, oh, good, because I was worried about her that whole time. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and she doesn't have type one. And I'm not actively sitting here. I say I'm worried the whole time. I'm doing other things. I'm not incapacitated, but you do worry. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought at some point, ha ha ha, you know, I'd feel like, okay, he's safe and it's okay. Th- that doesn't happen. You're telling me. <laughs> well, I, I actually, for the most part, don't worry about my son. Mm-hmm. I know that he's working really hard at it. He doesn't have me on share. He doesn't live with anyone that alarms me right from a diabetes safety place. But I, I've had to compartmentalize it out yeah. and I, I trust him. And so I'm leaning into that trust because I don't really have another choice, right? That what choice sense. do we have? Yeah. I, 
I think what I'm wondering though for you, do you mind? No, if, go right ahead. Is like in that moment when he isn't being perfect, when he's home and he's loading his pump at 5 a.m., I want to know what happens in that moment for you, right? Because sometimes when we slow down those moments and we have more of a sense of our experience, we can catch ourselves before the words pour out of our mouth, before we get reactive in some way and like really honor and, um, and have compassion for how hard it is for us, right? Like he's doing great. And your veteran mom friends are right. Like the yeah. systems are largely going to support him. And so as long as he's putting his pump on, which Lord knows he might not sometimes, right? right That's a right. scary thought. Yeah. But I guess I want to just slow down and wonder like, what is what happens for you? Like, what's it like in your body? What thoughts do you have? What happens? Yeah, what a good question. Um, so I'll try to take myself back to, you know, when that happened mm -hmm. and, you know, and also in the same winter break, like, you know, we're heading out to dinner and he's like, what are we eating? Because I think I have about five units and 5% charge in my pump. <laughs> you know, like, oh, <laughs> wonderful. Um, I, I feel my body go very tense, uh -huh. right? Like every, all of a sudden I'm very tense, uh -huh. but what I really feel my first reaction, honestly, is I do feel bad for him. I, I feel like, you know, I just want to hug him and say, oh, this is so hard. How do you do this all the time? You know, it's, I don't have diabetes mm -hmm. and, and he's not the kind of kid that needs to hear that. I mean, I don't know that it would be helpful for anybody, but all I have is my own child, but you know, I, I don't say to him, oh, it must be so, first of all, it's five o'clock in the morning. He doesn't want to talk to me at all, right, yeah. you know, but, but I wouldn't say, you know, oh, this is so hard. How do you do it? You know, this is, you know, I feel so bad because he doesn't want any pity. He just wants to go along with his, his life. But that is my first reaction. I still wish I could take it away, right? Take it on myself. Mm -hmm. um, way down the line, honestly, it's there, but it's not at the top is, you know, how could you let that happen? Right? Mm -hmm. How could you? Because we've been doing this so long and I'm not the most organized person. So I lose my phone. I, I'll do things like just the other day, I, I dropped a credit card in my car, like between the, the cushion and the arm thing. And um, I said, oh, as soon as I stop, I'm going to get that. And then the next day, I remembered it when I didn't have my credit card. Mm -hmm. So, you know, stuff like that happens to me all the time. So I wasn't mad at him for forgetting or, you know, not filling the pump or not having the battery because I got to tell you, if I had diabetes... I would need backups on backups on backups. I would forget everything. Um, but I but I do have that in there too, that little like, oh, after all this time, like, don't you look before you go to bed? Mm -hmm. You know, that's there too, which I don't think is very fair, but if I'm being honest, mm -hmm. it's there. Mm -hmm. And then probably somewhere in the middle of those two thoughts is, you know, what are you doing when you're not home? And are you going to be okay long-term because of it? Right. How often does that happen at college? Are you are you waking up out of a sound sleep to do diabetes stuff that you should have that you quote should have taken care of the night before? You know, is it interfering with school? Is it interfering with fun? Is it interfering with your mind? Mm -hmm. You know, um, so I guess those are the top three in mm -hmm. the wrong order. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One, three, two. Yes, <laughs> I can track that. Um, okay, so it sounds like the initial thought is the feeling bad, like, oh my goodness, this is a lot. And then there's a little bit of an accusation that's in there. Mm -hmm. And there's also a little bit of a, of a worry. 
that comes up, right? And yeah. I think that the accusation and worry probably come with the tense body. Yeah. Does that feel right to you? It, it does feel right because, you know, it's compounded that accusation you know, it doesn't feel good to think those thoughts. Mm -hmm. Then I feel guilty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's what compounds itself for sure. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, uh, I do a workshop called caring for the caregiver and in it, I do an exercise that I call alternate beliefs, alternate thoughts. And I feel like if we were, if I were to say this to you, how could we flip all of this? Mm. Because there's a lot here to flip. And I think it arises from the compassion that you have, right? Because you know this is a lot. And actually, a big part of you is saying he's actually doing really well. Yeah. Right? So I, I want to think about that, Stacey. And I also want to think about when do you get to ask him? And what do you get to say? Right? You've let go of a ton. But that I don't think means, and it depends on your relationship, right? This is this is dyad to dyad, right? Mom, child to mom, child, or parent, child to parent, child. Like what, what do you get to ask and say? And how do you get to still be involved, right? A lot of parents at this point are still, for example, doing the ordering, right? The, yeah. Getting the stuff. But what are the conversations that you get to still have? So those are the two things I think we should think about. So let's start with the alternate thoughts. Like, I wonder if you can, I'm going to press on you. Like I certainly can, but I want to see what you come up with. If you're going to flip this, if you're going to find what's good inside here, that all feels as true as everything you just said, right? I feel bad. I wish I could take it away. How could he let that happen? Oh, right. But I forget things too. And he's actually doing a pretty good job. Like, how would you meld all this together? What do you think it would be? I think when you put it like that, it, it's a little easier to look at that and say, you know, you're a human being with diabetes yeah. and, you know, wow, I'm, I'm so, um, I, I, I was going to say impressed. I'm not sure that's the word I want to use, but I'll go with it and we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you are a human being with this chronic condition that you have to manage all the time. And I'm really impressed with how, even with your busy schedule, with wanting to have fun, wanting to drink, mm -hmm. being in a fraternity, which was not something I was crazy about, mm -hmm. um, you know, and he is underage. So we'll, we're not happy about all that, but this is reality. I'll be, mm -hmm. I'll be honest how I am impressed that he has managed to not forget that he has diabetes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that he has done what he needs to do to say, to stay safe. Mm -hmm. Even if that means when he's home, you know, mm -hmm. and he's asleep, you know, mm -hmm. it means getting out of bed. He did not text me to say, mm -hmm. can you, which I would have been more than happy to do. And mm -hmm. he knows, you know, mm -hmm. can, I, can I get some help? Um, so pause, just pause. Because this is really important, actually. Right. I love that. You just let go of some air. <laughs> right. You said you're a human being with diabetes. My God, that makes me tear up, honestly, because so often we forget that. Yeah. We're holding the diabetes first instead of their humanity first. So gorgeous, Stacey, you're a human being with diabetes. And I am so impressed with how you're doing this with even with your busy schedule and wanting to have fun. Like you're not letting this get in the way of you having and grasping for everything you want. And you're still doing it. You're hauling yourself out of bed at 5 a.m. to do the pump change. It's yeah. amazing. How's that? Yeah, I mean, that, 
let me ask you, Joanne, it's, in, it's interesting when I, it felt, that felt really good. And obviously I'm tearing up too, mm -hmm. but you know, using the word impressed, and I don't want to get too granular here, mm -hmm. but I do worry about stuff like that. Like I'd never, okay, this is terrible, but when Benny was, it's not terrible. Okay. We'll start again when, and you can keep all of that in because this is me working <laughs> it out. When Benny was really little, I never liked this, this, um, trend or whatever you want to call it when people are like, you know, um, my child is my hero, mm -hmm. right? Look mm -hmm. at how amazing my child mm -hmm. is. Look how great they are with diabetes. They are, the, they're a hero. What an amazing warrior. I felt like that never gave the person with diabetes space to fail. And I, and I'm always worried, like Benny knows that I think he's amazing. Like I hug him and we kid each other all the time. And you were very, very, very close. And he does know, but I worry sometimes if you say things like that, you know, oh, I'm so impressed. First of all, he would kind of laugh and brush it off. He might like it, but, but I worry, like, are we giving them space to fail? Because, you know, he's not always impressive and that's gotta be okay too. Well, so that's why I was hesitating about using that word. Okay. The first thought I have about that is how would the person respond? Mm. And I think that that's an important thing. Can he take it in? Does it flood him? Honestly, with my son, if I say anything about how hard it is for him and what I see him doing, he brushes me off so fast that I've learned it's actually not an effective thing to say. Yeah. So you might try it, right? Like just see what it's like to have that authenticity of your, um, your pride in him and your seeing of him, right? Both of those things. And I think you can name in saying it, you know, I know it's not always perfect. And that's still, that's part of this disease, right? Is that it's yeah. not always perfect and I'm still impressed, right? Because I see you juggling all the parts because Stacy, what you're saying is impressive is not that he's getting it perfect, right? You're not actually saying okay. that. You're saying you're doing a great job. You're letting yourself live your full life and managing diabetes alongside it. That's what you're saying. Okay. That's a little yeah. different than saying you're knocking it out of the park. You have a perfect A1C and your pump is on all the time. I'm so proud of you. That is different. Yeah, no, I hear that. That makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate you kind of walking through it with me mm -hmm. because I never wanted to put that kind of pressure on him. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like they, they need to be allowed mm -hmm. to fall down. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's really thoughtful. It kind of, it kind of, um, is evidence of why he can be so close to you, right? Because he doesn't feel like he has to get it right all the time. That doesn't mean though, you won't have moments where you're impressed because what you're talking about actually isn't diabetes. You're talking about his development as a human who has diabetes and who has to carry this extra heavy, like satchel around with him all the time. And so you're noticing that he's doing a pretty damn good job, which doesn't mean he doesn't fail at moments, but he's really keeping himself upright. You know, to, to the, and I'm happy to go back to anything you wanted to talk about, mm -hmm. but, you know, to that point of never feeling like we did enough to teach them mm -hmm. or, you know, I, I, I don't know that there's anything to be done about that, except to kind of let myself know that I did the best I could with the information and the tools I had at hand. Yeah. Well, and also he's going to keep learning and growing and I'm, yeah. I'm, bet I'm betting you've seen this in your daughter, like you know, these little increments that for us as full blown adults mean almost nothing like a year, two years for them are these leaps forward. And, and he is going to figure out new things and the next thing. And when he's in a, 
you know, when he's graduated or when he's in a steady relationship or when he's whatever it is, it will change again and again and again. So it's not fixed. Okay. That's, that's great. That's great advice. I don't know why I thought it was fixed, but in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, this is where we are, you know, but that he's 19. He's not the same as he was at 18. Right. And it's not going to be the same at 22 when he graduates, et cetera, et cetera. It, it really is. I mean, diabetes is this thing where we panic because we're taking a photo of right now. But what we really have to remember is right. There's right now and there's the next moment and the next moment and the next. And at 2019, 22, they still have so much development. We're going to take a quick break and be back with more answers. One of the hardest things about diabetes is the food. Your kid has to eat, but there's so many foods that send them high or are tricky to dose for. And at the same time, you don't want to restrict their food choices. You want them to be able to feel like every other kid. To help you navigate the many challenges of food and eating with type 1, I've created the Sweet Talk Snack Course, a free mini course that gives you six bite-sized lessons to support your T1D kid in having a healthy relationship with food and eating. Sign up for it at diabetessweettalk.com. So let me ask you this. We talked about like not following. And with all, Benny had told me if I, if I wanted to follow him, he doesn't care because I don't call him. This is what Mm -hmm. he thinks is okay. He Mm -hmm. thinks it's fine for me to follow as long as I don't bother him. Mm -hmm. To me, this is the worst of the worst worlds because why would I follow him Mm -hmm. and not call Mm -hmm. him? Right. I mean, that's to me, it's like, oh, so what we've compromised on, um, as I said, we were always working towards not following him freshman year of college or, or, you know, that was when we were going to stop if we felt that that worked out and that's fine with me, but I do have Dexcom clarity, which is not in real time, but I can look back and see, you know, I don't even know how often it loads in my head. It's yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's that's when it starts. It could be, I don't even know, six hours, three hours. Don't tell me listeners, if you know, because 24 hours is perfect for me. I I think it's yesterday. Mm -hmm. And my feeling was, I would look at that and he knows I look at that. I don't look at it every day. I don't look at it all the time. But I, if I noticed that he was very high for several days in a row, my plan was to call him. You know, same if I noticed a really low trend, like, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? It's been, as I said from the beginning, a little higher than I would like, but nothing that I would call him about. So the next thing I'm thinking of I got to tell you, Joanne, I never want to turn this off. I never, I don't, I do not want to let this go. Is it okay, you think, to like leave it for now? It's working okay. I know eventually I'm going to have to stop. I don't know. And it doesn't matter what you say because I'm not changing, but I am curious. What do you think of I mean, I, I think it's fine. Like you're in a transition. Mm. He's in a transition, but you are too. And it's, and diabetes has always been a family disease right? Like when we're doing it right, it belongs to all of us. We share it with them. And it's a little hard to put that down. And I think it'll be clear to you when it's time to stop. Right. So I think, I think it's fine. You're not, it's not getting in between the two of you in your relationship. So the question is, what do you need to stay sane and, you know, balanced? And then, you know, in, Four years, if you're still following it, it, it might be a slightly different conversation. Like, what are you holding on to? Why? But right now, it's very clear to me, you're in a transition. 
and you, it feels like a safety to you and that's fine. I think what'll be interesting is when he, he's planning to come home for this summer. Now, mm-hmm. Benny is rarely home in the summers, especially the last couple of years, he's always worked at a camp, a non-diabetes camp, but, and I, and there's no Wi-Fi. I mean, I never follow or even get clarity when he's away. So I have had those breaks before, but he's going to be home, he thinks, and work um, from here. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to have to have a conversation because I'm not sure this is going to work if he's here. Yeah. Right. That's a different dynamic. I kind of feel like I'm I'm a little close to him. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's this weird thing where I kind of like, oh, I'm thinking about you. Um, oh, you know, you were average of 220 yesterday, but I still want to see you, you know, or whatever, or it doesn't matter what the number is, is my point. Mm-hmm. So I think in the summer, if he's in my house, I'm going to have to either put it on full-blown follow if he wants me to, or just turn it all off. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that it would work this way if he's here. So we'll yeah. cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. Yeah. That was the other thing I'm remembering that I wanted to talk to you about is like, when and how do you get to talk to him? Oh, yeah. Right. And I think that, you know, when he comes home for the summer is a good moment. I also, frankly, Stacey, think that when if you see him, if he's home and you see things being difficult for him, you get to ask, like, what's this like when you're not home? Mm. Like, Do you need any additional support here? Right. Not in an, in an accusing way, but like, I'm seeing that these pieces are hard for you. Is there anything I can do to help? Is it like this at school for you? Does anyone help you with this? Right. Yeah. Because those are legitimate questions because we at home, when they're living with us, we can see all the nuances of where they might want our help. Um, but when they're away, we can't see. And so I think it's legitimate to continue to um, introduce the idea that they could get help and where might they need it and what is hard for them, even if they keep saying no, because honestly, I think it's so important that they know that help is something that's available yeah. like in their life, not just from us, but in their life that they get to ask. Um, so I yeah. think that these are ongoing conversations about, uh, about this stuff. Again, that idea of like, they were in a shape before they left, then they poke their arms out and they don't fit back into the same vessel, right? The same negative space. And so we're saying to them, and what do you need now? And what would be helpful now? Yeah. Keeping in mind that you are part of that. Like, okay, this will make me anxious. So can we address that anxiety? Because that's real too. You get to have some also. Not so much that you're smothering him with it, but that's not the issue here. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's also that fine line of not ask, well, for me, this is how I would have to do it is I could never ask in the moment because I'd be too tense. I'd have to wait, mm-hmm. right? Yes, I'm sure yes, that's what absolutely. you're saying too, yes. is, you know, later that day, be like, hey, how are you feeling? I know you were up earlier, heard you stomping around. That sucks. By the way, it made me think. Mm-hmm. And that, and then go into it or something like that rather than, and, and I'm feeling this out. I know you didn't say this, rather than getting up in his face and being more accusatory. Totally. So I, I see that because right now, really, all we're doing is ordering the supplies. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because we decided last year over the summer, really, before college, that we put my email and his cell phone number on mm-hmm. all the different companies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when something happens, we both are in the loop. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is they all need like two factor authentication or whatever they call it. So half the time he's texting me. He's like, what's your, e- what do you, I need the number. And I'm like, well, they're going to text you. I need the verification. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like a really good idea and I still like it, uh-huh. but you do have to be uh, in contact more than we expected. <laughs> Which doesn't sound steps. like it's too hard, but it no. is baby steps. It totally is baby steps. 
Um, I, I guess the other thing I'm thinking of, and I'm trying to think of kids I know who've done this and I can't come up. Oh, I, I know one. Um, so just like, and I don't know if Benny had this experience. My daughters definitely had this experience. So she was diagnosed at four with a brother who was not, how old was he at the time? He's nine years older than her. So he was 13. He'd had it for four years. And she just thought she was a super cool cat for having what her older brother had. Right. Right. So he learned to do everything super young. Right. She could change her own pump. She could do everything very, very early. And recently she stopped. She doesn't want to do it anymore. And so that, that forward and back, that rhythm, that movement can happen, I think, to a lot of them. And so it could happen to him too. And so I think leaving the door open, like when he comes home, hey, I know you've been carrying all this on your own. Is there anything you don't want to carry while you're home for the summer that you'd rather I pick up? Because I'm happy to. Reminding him that his adulthood doesn't have to be a straight line trajectory of independence. You know, it's such a great point. We just, you mentioned Mom's Night Out where, mm -hmm. you know, you and I were talking about this. We just had Mom's Night Out, Charlotte. Uh -huh. And the speaker is a completely independent, very successful news anchor here in Charlotte. And she talked about how she was diagnosed at three and as and, and wanted to do everything for herself as soon as she possibly could. And there was one point where she was a young teen and she was really not, um, key, I don't know what how she put it, but she needed help. And her mm -hmm. mom was like, I'll do it for you for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then she got back on her feet, didn't really want the, the help, wanted to be independent. In her 20s, living independently, she called her mom and she said, I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. I just cannot do diabetes. And her mom said, I'll do it for you. And moved in with her wow. for, I think it was two months. They'd had a family tragedy and some other things had happened. It was pretty extreme. But her point was, tell your kids you're available. You mm -hmm. probably don't have to move in with them, mm -hmm. but you may on and off. Mm -hmm have to do that. And so it's amazing that you just basically said the same thing. You yeah. know, it's not something that I have thought of because he is so independent. Yeah. Um, and I, I know he knows I support him, but I am going to tell him when he's home, Hey, if you want, we used to call it a diabetes free day. Yeah. 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 And he was little and I'm like, I'll do everything for you. He probably does not want me to touch him at all, but you never know. You never know. And I think it's a moving, um, it's a moving thing. Just like where they are now is not where they're going to be in a year. This also moves. And to make the room for that can be really a relief for them. Actually, you're making me think I should tell my son this. He's going to blow me off, but. Right. But at um, least to know it's there. Yep. Like if he yeah. wanted me to go move in with him for a few weeks and load every cartridge, I would do that for him. Yeah. Right? It's the kind of thing that anything we can do to make it easy. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they, I mean, I think Benny might just like to know that the offer is there. Of course. How good yeah. is that to know yeah. that you can sort of climb back into your mom's lap sometimes, right? And when it's <laughs> oh, don't you wish they would? Oh, my God. <laughs> I get these big adult people in my I house. No, it's oh. very hard. It's it's great. Like most of the time, I love it. I'm, I'm so excited. It's so cool to see them be people. And then I see little kids, and I'm I think, oh my goodness. Now I'm one of those ladies at the grocery store saying, <laughs> oh, they grow up so fast. <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's so true. It's such a different parenting experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stacy, how was this? Do you have more questions, thoughts? No, this was wonderful. I'm sure I'll have more questions and I'll just call you up. But no, <laughs> this was wonderful. And I think sometimes, you know, I do tend to put on, I don't want to say a brave face, but, you know, I lead with humor. I have a lot of confidence. 
And, and I do get asked by a lot of moms when I do my events or the podcast, you know, how do you, you know, how have you done it? Like, how do you stop worrying? How do you, you know, you have a handle on everything. And then I think to myself, like, if they only knew, like, come on, we're all, we're all fighting these fights, you know, in different ways and different levels. But um, I got to tell you, it's, it's always a, it's such a joy and a relief for me to talk to somebody like you. You know, I'm not trying to help you. You're helping me. <laughs> I'm so glad. And I'm not be. a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. I just have a lot of mom experience. Mm-hmm. So sharing my stories, I know is helpful to others, but boy, this is such a nice thing to kind of be able to unload a little bit. So yeah. thank you. Thank You're you. You're so you. welcome. Thank you for coming on the show, Stacey. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thanks again for listening today. If you want answers to your questions about parenting a kid with type 1, I'd like to invite you to join our live recording sessions so you can ask your questions in person. Not only will you get the support you need and deserve, but through the podcast, you'll be helping other T1D parents to know that they're not alone with the challenges they're facing. To join one of my live recording sessions, simply go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register. Again, go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register.